Holly G with the Golf Insiders. I'm with Mike Nichols, the head cook and bottle washer at the Symmetra Tour, the LPGA's developmental tour. Mike, it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks, thanks for having me on today, Holly. We're at beautiful Mission Inn Resort where you have an upcoming event at the end of May, a fantastic venue for the Symmetra Tour. Tell me about uh, this event as well as uh, the current uh, evolution of the Symmetra Tour. Sure. Well, it's uh, certainly a fantastic venue for anybody who hasn't been here. Here. It's, it's a must-play um, venue here in Central Florida, the tremendous history. And uh, for us, you know, when we're, uh, for those people, some of your listeners who may not be as familiar with the Symmetra Tour, uh, we play, we'll play this year 20 times around the country, and at the end of the season, the top 10 players from our tour will graduate on to the LPGA Tour. So when we're, when we're picking venues and people to partner with on hosting uh, the Symmetra Tour, we're looking to find uh, golf courses that ultimately are what they'll find when they get out there on the LPGA Tour. Because when we graduate the players, we want to feel like they've had a thorough test and have learned what it takes to play golf on highly competitive golf courses. So the El Campion golf course that they have here is uh, first class. It's always in fantastic condition. and uh, Built in the 1920s. Built in the 1920s. And then for, no, for the folks who've uh, played a lot of Florida golf, the elevation changes out here will blow people's mind. I mean, you will not believe that you're in Florida as you go up and down some of the, the hills that they have here. It's really fascinating terrain, but a first-class golf course. And uh, like I said, it, it's, a, it's a test for folks who really want to, uh, you know, for, for identifying the next generation of LPGA Tour stars. Well, we've just been uh, through a fantastic uh, week of women's golf, the first LPGA major of the year, the ANA Inspiration, the Augusta National Amateur Championship for Women. Yes, fantastic. This, you know, tournament, of course, uh, you know, was canceled last year because of COVID, but the year before in 2019, just a fantastic inaugural event. So tell me about, you know, sort of the journey for women golfers and professional golfers. Any of our listeners who, you know, are interested and have a female golfer and oh let's not forget the drive chip and putt we have all these terrific ways for kids to get hooked on golf yeah no it's uh the combination of the augusta national women's amateur and then uh you know for us the ana inspiration out in palm Springs, celebrating its 50th year it was just a great weekend all around to celebrate women's golf and you know the the two women the uh back in 2019 uh jennifer cupcho and Rhea fossey you know, are both now on the LPGA Tour, and that was really a launching point and raised their profile when they ultimately uh, went through the LPGA Qualifying School and ended up on the LPGA Tour. So just a fantastic spotlight, and I'm sure some of the women that we saw playing here this last weekend will find on the LPGA Tour and Symmetra Tours in, in the near future. But so really for, for those, again, for your listeners who may not be familiar with sort of the path, so the Symmetra Tour is sort of the AAA of the LPGA Tour. So when a young lady wants to pursue the dream of playing on the LPGA Tour, she'll go through our three stages of Q School. So there's a first stage, a second stage, and then sort of a two-week-long um, final stage that we call Q Series. But at the end of that, that, that will create the pecking order for whether they can play on the LPGA Tour or if they've fallen short, that they can play on the Symmetra Tour and try to play their way onto the LPGA Tour for the following year. So there's kind of one, the simplest way to look at it is there's sort of the best player on the LPGA Tour all the, all the way down to the player with the least status on the LPGA Tour, and then that's sort of where the Symmetra Tour priority list starts. So 
players are always sort of moving within their respective categories on each of the tours, and ultimately, you know, the goal of the players playing on the Symmetra Tour is to find their way onto the LPGA Tour. How many would you say make that transition every year? So uh, we graduate the top 10, so the top 10 will automatically graduate. Then I would say probably somewhere between 15 and 20 other players. So the, the top 10 will graduate directly onto the LPGA Tour. The next 35 will be exempted into the final stage of the qualifying school. So there's, uh, I think this next year, there's going to be about 120 players who will be vying for, I believe it's 20 spots on the LPGA Tour. So if you look at it and you say, okay, these 35 Symmetra Tour players will go into a field where they represent about 33% of the group and they're playing for um, 20 spots. So usually we have somewhere between another 5 or 10 who come out of that, that group. So for example, if somebody comes out here to Mission Inn to watch the tournament, they can know that probably about 20 of the ladies who are playing here this week on the Symmetra Tour, or any week on the Symmetra Tour, will be on the LPGA Tour the following season, as we just saw with the ANA Inspiration, where Patty Tabataniket, who graduated from the Symmetra Tour in second place in 2019, won three times and is now a major champion on the on the LPGA Tour. So it just shows the incredibly fine line between a player who was at UCLA, I mean, known within the college ranks, but not known to the general public, comes out and plays, actually uh, finishes her, uh, I think it was her freshman year of college, goes and plays 11 times on the Symmetra Tour, wins three times, and is now on her way. But that's how close the and how high the level of play is on the Symmetra Tour. There's players that will be playing out here who may be major champions within a year or two. Yeah, that's big, big time fun. Uh, Speaking of big-time uh, news in uh, the LPGA, Mike Wan, of course, leaving to uh, take his next big step, which will be uh, at the helm of the USGA. I know that uh, search is going on currently. Uh, so many great things that, that Mike has done to raise the profile, certainly, of the LPGA Tour with increased television coverage, etc. Um, an interesting, uh, I read a few stories and saw some of his comments from the press conference talking about uh, sort of uh, words of wisdom he got from Louise Suggs, one of the founders. And, uh, you know, I think she mentioned something about, you know, make sure you get the boys involved. Right. Um, you know, Louise was never uh, one not to give her opinion, um, you know, and just some of the things he said that he learned and, and the wisdom he took from her uh, when he first uh, took the job. Um, what, 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 you know, how are you going to fill those shoes? What are, what are your thoughts for the future? Yeah, so, I mean, we're certainly anxious. So uh, I believe a news commissioner will probably be announced sort of by the beginning of June. And one of the things that's actually inscribed on the wall throughout the headquarters is act like a founder. And that's part of the culture building that Mike brought to the uh, LPGA, very much a, a byproduct of those conversations that he had with Louise Suggs and um, you know Marilyn Smith and Shirley Spork and some of those founders that we're fortunate to still have with us. And, um, you know, so that's part of the culture of the LPGA is acting like a founder. And what it really means is just, you know, leaving, the, as, as uh, Louise said, you know, uh, a lot of what that interview you were talking about, I think he sort of uh, toned it down to G-rated because uh, Louise was not, did, did not mince her words, but it was uh, certainly basically saying, don't mess this up, you know, and here's what we created. And so, um, you know, when you think back to what those 13 women had to do, I mean, you know, when you think about it now and the fact that we have 130 employees, these 13 women went from golf course to golf course. They were their own promoters. They would go to the Rotary, say there's a thing. They would set up the golf course. They would score their own tournament. They would be responsible for getting the purse money, doling. I mean, it's just incredible. Talk about real pioneers. I mean, right? it's, it's <laughs> just crazy to think about it because, as we all know, you know, playing golf in and of itself.
itself is just all-encompassing and to think that they had to go and do this. And you just think about the fact that this is in the 1950s. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about how much further we still have to go on the LPGA Tour to elevate no what SUVs we're doing now. No or minibuses, right? No. I mean, it's just, in the, in just where women were in society at that point, you know. And so um, it's just incredible what they did. So it's, it's very humbling when you think about, you know, when you maybe have a bad day at, at work like anybody does and you think to yourself, you know, Think about what a bad day at the office maybe was, you know, for those 13 women back then. So, uh, you know, that's really what Mike's talked about is, you know, think of those 13 women every day when you go to work, what they created, not only for the players, but for those of us who've been fortunate enough to make our careers at the LPGA. So, uh, you know, we're certainly grateful uh, to those ladies and everything that they created for all of us. And grateful to you and people like Mike Wan for, uh, you know, continuing to carry that torch and expand and grow women's golf. Congratulations. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much.